Well, thank you for joining us tonight on this great Wednesday night. We're in the middle of a series that we actually started on the weekend, and we're going to carry it through the Wednesday night experience, uh, except for next week because we're not having service. But we're in the middle of a series entitled Built to Last. We truly believe that God designed the family system and and for us to to grow our families and to be uh, rooted in God's Word and rooted in who He is uh, uh, before we, you know, get... Even before we get started in our families, because I realize tonight we got some young adults that are going, I don't have a family. I don't even have a boyfriend, right? So uh, we get it. We, when is the best time to learn how to drive? Not when you're behind the wheel of a car, but before you get behind the wheel of a car. So some of this may be some preventative things. Some of this may be new. Some of this may be brand, uh, uh, might, may be an old concept for some people. But the, the heart behind this series is that we would build family system, marriages, our relationship with our kids to be something that lasts beyond uh, just the nice and easy time when they're in the little cradle thing and then when they start talking back to us, it all falls apart. That we would truly, uh, you know, last. That's our heart and our faith. And we say this around Westover Hills a lot. We believe this to our core. Matter of fact, it is one of our core values that strong faith builds strong families. And you say, well, I don't have a family yet. Then we're going to work on the strong faith part first. And out of the strong faith, God will bring strong family aspects to you. I don't know about you, but there is a lot of uh, shows on TV that uh, relate to the housing industry. You can turn on HG and that's all there is is people fixing up houses. And last week, Pastor Jim gave us this message from, one, from Psalms 127, that unless the Lord builds this, unless this is God's idea, then anyone who builds a family or faith, it just, they labor in vain. And so tonight, as we talk about these different kinds of shows that are out there, and tonight, one particular, which has kind of been a popular favorite, uh, we hope that the Holy Spirit begins to build this in our lives, not just TLC or HG, okay? So uh, all these shows. So let, let, me, let me go down the list in my brain. If you go way, way back to when this craze started, you go to Extreme uh, Makeover, Home Edition, you know, the whole move that bus, right? And the bus moves and ah, I mean, every time you watch that show, you had a whole Kleenex thing you're going through because it was just so impactful. They're usually doing to someone who has been in the military or someone who's just gone through a real rough time. And you're just watching, you're just tears in your eyes. And then trading spaces going, I'm going way back, right? Trading spaces. And I, my favorite episodes were always the one where the wife, when she was told to open her eyes, were like, those are my favorite ones because it got so awkward really quickly, you know? She's in there going, oh, they put straw all over my wall? Oh, they put, you know, just, and on YouTube, there's a great montage of just those awkward moments. And I got to watch that this weekend, you know, in preparation for God's Word tonight. Um, so uh, I, loved, I loved that show when they're just, and it didn't work out. But now they, I mean, they're just popping all over. I put a, a couple of my, on, my, uh, on my notes here. Love it or list it, where they go in and, you know, they change their house and it's like a brand new home or they got to list the house and sell it. Oh, the tension, you know, the new versus the old, right? Uh, flip or flop, and we all know that flop. So uh, flip or flop was out there. Property Brothers, one of my all-time favorites. I love watching that show. I'm, a just, I'm addicted. I like that show a lot. I like the two contrasting brothers. I always said I would, it would be fun to have a twin brother. Uh, and then tonight's message is kind of based off of this concept 
the Fixer Upper Show. Got his married couple out in Magnolia. They're Texans, so we got to support them, right? And they're doing great things, and their whole concept is they come into a home, and they see things that nobody else sees, and they fix up a home, and then they, they try to, you know, sell it back to the, or not sell it back, but show the homeowner, and the homeowner's just always in awe. And every one of these shows, I don't care which one it is, Flip or Flop or Fixer Upper, every one of these shows, I mean, the house that they start off with, you just go, ugh. There is no potential in this home. And then these experts come in, right? These, you know, uh, this couple or these brothers come in and they see the home in a way that the homeowner couldn't see it. I promise you, millions of Americans couldn't see it. We're going, dude, you made a bad decision to buy this house and to do it. This house needs to just get dynamite and just let it go. But they come in and you walk out of here and you're just so amazed at how different this house was. I mean, they come in, right? This is just, they're like, oh yeah, just remove that wall and, you know, just knock that down and we'll just extend this and we'll paint this, this color. And you're going, a wall? I don't, I, I can't even change the toilet plunger in my toilet bowl because I'm afraid I'm going to break something. You want to knock down a whole wall? They just come in with a fresh set of eyes. And we're going to relate that to our spiritual life today because I believe that sometimes when we go through life. We're like, we see our house and we go, you know, our life is like our house. It's just kind of, you know, it's like, there's no value in my home. My, my house is just, Bleh. and then someone comes in and they say, no, your house is really nice and we can knock down walls. And you go, not my home. My home's just average. My home's just normal. My home's just, you know, everyday thing. And tonight, uh, I call that the hidden in plain sight principle. That it literally, these houses that these guys fix up are hidden in plain sight. The homeowner's going to go, is, is this even my house? Like, this, am I in the same address? You know, they're taking off the blindfold or they're walking in going, is this? That, that sometimes the stuff that God wants to do in our life is just, it's hidden in plain sight. You ever heard that concept? It's there, but you don't see it because you weren't looking for it. Pastor talked about that a few weeks ago. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the word that he pronounced of a medulla oblongata thing. Like, you remember that? Like, sometimes you don't even realize it's there. It's hidden in plain sight that it's there. I call that perspective. And a lot of times when it comes to our faith, we're, everybody has perspective on where our life is but ourselves. We just sit in our home going, it's, it's not that valuable. Our spiritual life, it's just, it, it's not all that it can be. I'm at the max. I, I can't really grow my faith. I can't really, you know, expand on who I am as a Christian. It's just, I feel like I'm, you know, it's, it's time. I, I'm done. I'm at the edge. It's, what else is there? And then the Holy Spirit can come in and bring some brand new perspective into our life. Because every one of us, to be honest with you, we all have some aspect in our life that we need God to come in and fix up. If we're honest. Like there's an aspect of our marriage, there's an aspect of our finances, there's an aspect of our relationships with our kids, there's an aspect of our relationship with our neighbor. God knows that probably needs a lot of work. Right? God, there, there's an aspect that we need to really allow the Holy Spirit to come in and fix it up. But I call this hidden in plain sight. This gives us language that describes something that's there, that we're looking at it but we can't see. Right? We're looking at it. There's no way this house can be beautiful. And then these guys come in and are like, oh yeah, da-da-da-da-da. And they knock it down and it's beautiful five minutes later, right? Uh, that, that's this concept. In 2011, check this out. I think this is hilarious. The FBI ended the most extensive manhunt in the Bureau's history when they captured former mob boss Whitney Bulger. It was on the news uh, from Boston. He was this guy they've been chasing for 16 years. This guy was so bad, he was number two on the FBI's hit list. The only person above him 
Right? That's a really bad list to be on, by the way. All right. The only person above him was Osama bin Laden. You know you're on a bad list when Osama bin Laden's name is right above yours. Okay? So this guy, Winston, he was there. He, uh, Whitney, excuse me. He was, there, he was the number two on the FBI's most wanted. And unlike Obama, uh, Osama, excuse me, who was, you know, in a foreign land when they found him, this dude was not in a different country. He was literally hiding in plain sight. He was in Santa Monica, SoCal, right? Chilling like three blocks from the beach with his girlfriend, wife, whatever she was. I mean, they had just started a regular, normal life. Matter of fact, the people, when they came around and the FBI actually surged on this guy, they actually were saying this about him. Oh, this guy, yeah, we know him. He takes care of stray cats. Like, that's who, yeah, we know that guy. He's him and, yeah, he goes down and he takes care of, what they had no clue about was the $800,000 he had stashed in the walls of his apartments and the over 90 grenades they found stuffed in the pills of his couch. Like they had no idea they were living next to the number two guy of all bad guys. That's called hiding in plain sight. No one knew. No one knew. No one knew that this guy was that guy. And, th- and he just was able to live. He was wanted for over 19 murders. And so tonight I'm just, I'm, I'm just this concept that I can, I can see my faith. And, and it, maybe it's old. And maybe it's, it's not moving anywhere. And, and, and I know it needs to. But I don't know what. I just. That there, there could be something hiding in plain sight that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us tonight. That it could be one simple shift. That we allow the Holy Spirit to invade our hearts with, and it could change our trajectory in our life. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 8, verse 16, if you have your Bibles. It said, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed, right? We've heard that song, hide it under a bushel. No, uh, that's this song. It's based off of this verse. I'm going to let it shine, right? It says, instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light, right? They're already talking about home decorating, right? Jesus is always like, what? Wait, your lamp? It's on the wrong place. If you just put, whoa, that's really just moving it from there. Jesus, you're a genius, right? He could have been on one of these shows. Verse 17, it says this, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Jesus is saying, listen, I have a way. There is a, there's a process in him that allows things that were just hidden in plain sight where we might not see it, that God goes, I have the ability to just remove the darkness and let you see what it is that needs to be fixed. And it could be as simple as a lamp appeared from down there. It could be as simple, you know what? I don't spend you know, quality time with the Lord. It could be just the, my attitude. It could be the words that come out of my mouth towards my... It could be something so hidden in plain sight and God says... I have the ability to just unreveal, to just cons- uh, bring it out into the light. And he says this, verse 18, Therefore, consider carefully how you, what? Listen, so something about seeing God and seeing the hidden stuff has to do with my, my ears. Okay, we'll get to that. That's kind of interesting. Whoever has been given more, wherever more, whoever has, excuse me, whoever does not have, even they think, even what they think, they will be taken from them. In other words, God is saying, listen, there's a way that God can speak into our hearts and reveal things and bring things that are hidden to plain sight for us to go, oh, I didn't know we could just move the couch from that side of the building to this side of the building and our market value goes up $100,000. Wow, thank you. God has a way when we allow him to come in and show us things. So the truth is, when you see these shows, right, the truth is, looks 
can be deceiving. Your scenario, whatever it is you're going through, whatever circumstance you walked into those doors in, in the moment we just had that prayer team moment, maybe, maybe even then, that at that moment, what looked to you to be a devastating dead end, I'm going to have to blow this house up kind of a thing to move on. God's going to have to drastically, I'm going to have to, you know, leave my marriage. I'm going to have to, you know, sell my kids to somebody. Like, wherever you feel like is that you're at the very end. Looks can be deceiving. And you got to know that you're, what, what, what you just walk into, if you're just looking at the, at the circumstance, you're going to be deceived by that. We have to look beyond just the circumstance. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says it this way. So we do not look at the what? Troubles we can, we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Oh, wow, what? Now we're getting into the realm of these experts. Now you're about to become Thai, right? You're about to become these guys that step in and go, I see that. You don't see it. You're the homeowner. You've been living here for 35 years. Let me tell you what I see. And they're able to just step in and go, I see this right away. There's a new living room right here. We're going to make a new living room right here. God has the ability to step into your life and go, you know what? Where you don't see a way, watch me make a way. Watch me step in. But we got to fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. How do we do that? I'm so glad I still have a few more minutes because we're going to talk about that. For the things we now see or we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will what? Last forever. The built-to-last stuff, the stuff that matters, the stuff that we want and that, that goes to heaven with us really is just people. God says, I want you to see the stuff that lasts forever. The fact that she, he, he, he keeps his dirty clothes on the floor and you're ready to give up on him, that's not going to last forever. You would have hoped it would last the first you know, week of marriage, but it kept going. You, you, it's not going to last. The petty stuff that we let into our relationships, God says, listen, you're, you're focusing on stuff that you can see. I want you to focus on things you can't see, the eternal things of life. He says the stuff that lasts forever. Sometimes things are not always as they seem. You walk into these homes, you're going, dude, good luck. You know, I watch these shows, I'm like, good, I don't, you know, and then they just suck you in and you're there for 45 minutes because you want to see the end because you don't believe he can do it with that putty knife. You don't believe he can do it with just a fresh coat of paint. He said, oh, we just need to add some paint here. And you're like, no way, dude. Paint, I painted, that's not going to make this room look better, right? We just don't, we don't trust, we don't, so we sit there and watch it for an hour, right? We got to see the end product. Sometimes things are not always as we seem. This is why I put this in my notes. What we can see with the naked eye is only part of the story. This troubled marriage may only be part of the story. The conflict with your teenager may only be part of the story. This aching inside of you as a college student going, I got three more weeks, man, and then I'm out in the real world. Please, someone throw me a job, right? You may, you may it's not going to happen. I'm going to be drowning. I'm going to be poor. I'm gonna, uh. Listen, you may only be seeing part of the story. You may only be focusing on the, the, the non-eternal and God saying, no, no, fix your gaze on things that cannot be seen. There's something crazy about our eyes. I think this is interesting. Talking about perspective tonight. Do you know you have a pair of eyeballs, right? We have both have, well, you know, most of the time they work well. If you're like my wife and I, we've had glasses since we were like in sixth grade. If we were in sixth grade together, we'd both be, you know, the big old glasses. That's what we had. And so, but there's something about your eye. These little people things that are pretty powerful. You have these things, has a, you have a retina and it bounces all this light that's coming in into your 
optical nerve in the very back, your lenses, and it refracts and turns into images, right? And you have these things called cones and rods and all this really cool, intricate stuff that I'm pretending to know a lot more about than I really do, right? It all functions and turns into what I'm seeing tonight. but, but, But there's something interesting about the eye. That at the very back where these cones and these rods and these things meet, they come together. There is a spot in your eye where you have no cones and no rods. It's called your blind spot. Yeah, and everyone has one. It's the point where light can't get in exactly. You can't make out stuff. And it literally creates a blind spot in your life. All of us have to admit that we have a blind spot in our lives physically, but I'm here to tell you that there are sometimes when all we focus on is the problems and the circumstance and the bad marriage and the bad teenagers and the la da da, all the negative stuff, that we could be seeing a blind spot or be missing out on a blind spot that we have spiritually. We may only be seeing a part of the story. And I think we have a blind spot spiritually. Here, here, here's, here's how I think we do. Because the Garden of Eden tells us this really terrible story where God's doing his extreme makeover. Right? He's like making this beautiful place out of nothing. Paradise. Adam and Eve are hanging out. Serpent comes around. Did God really say don't do that? Come on, look around you. Did he really say, and I caught this, it's not in your notes, but if you want to write just this verse down, go back, read it on your own, and so you know that what I'm saying is not a lie. Uh, It says this in Genesis 3, 4, I thought this was interesting, talking about perspective. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows in the day you eat of it, the fruit that he told them not to eat, your eyes will be opened, and you will be able to see like God and be like him. So here is this temptation, this enemy walking up to us saying, you have a blind, you, you, you can't see the whole picture. So let me show it to you. And you may be here tonight going, man, I just feel stuck. I just feel like I can't, I can't progress in my faith and just stagnant. I can't, I know I need, I'm, I'm in this. I've been here for 20 years and I just, there's no change and he's not changing. She's not changing. They're not changing. Ah, and you're just frustrated. There's this, there could be this blind spot. You just, you can't see all of it. Well, I can tell you where that comes from spiritually. The enemy says, your eyes will be open. He lies to them. I think the enemy created our blind spot. And Adam, and of course, we know he took it, he bites it, right? Boom. We have a blind spot. He, he, he introduced our spiritual blind spot to us. And for the first time, we saw things that we weren't supposed to see. Our sin, our guilt, our shame, our nakedness. See, the enemy knows how to mess with us. The enemy knows how to say, you know what? Uh, Just see a part of what's going on. God's trying to withhold the rest of this. You know, it'd kind of be like if the episode ended halfway through, you'd be like, what? What? Did did they list it or did they love it? What did they do? You know, you'd be so internally antagonized because you didn't get to see the end. I think sometimes that's exactly where the enemy comes in and goes, let me just distract you and go, this is all there is because we've gotten our eyes fixed on the circumstance. But, but when we fix our gaze on him, the invisible becomes possible. A few months ago, we as a church took a leap of faith. You say, how do we do that? We had a couple that was in our church, and uh, they came to Pastor Jim and said, we want to start a church in a place called Raymondville. You remember that story? We, we, we 
asked for an offering. We took up an offering, which you graciously responded to fix up their house. Kind of right on point with what we're talking about tonight. And the only reason why we even said yes to this, because Pastor Gilbert said, I see something in this community that no one else sees. Everyone else sees dying, death, an old church, a church that's not. But Pastor Gilbert saw eternal potential. He saw beyond the circumstances. And you know what? You in this room that gave to that project, which they're going to show some pictures of some before and afters, you were a part of creating eternal potential in that community. You may say, oh, I don't even see it for my own life, but you invested into a project that blesses a community beyond what we could ever think or imagine. You say, I gave to that. Yeah, I mean, I was a part of it. Yeah, you were a part of it. And, and let me tell you how it happens, because I'm going to bring this to a head tonight. How this happens, eternal potential becomes visible. That, un, that invisible thing that, that God says, fix your eyes here, fix on the stuff that you can't see. How do we do that? It only becomes possible through faith. You can't do it on your own. None of these homeowners go, I just believe this house is going to be beautiful one day. No. They give the keys to these experts and they trust them and they turn their back and they walk out and they trust the expert in the room. See, some of us, we've been trying to do it on our own. We've been trying to fix it up our own, right? Like the self-help shows, the DYI stuff, you know, you try to do it yourself. My wife and I have had a hole in our, our, our hallway right outside our, our bedroom for like five months. I didn't put the hole there. I didn't do it. She did. I didn't do it. It doesn't matter who did it, but she did it. And so it'd been there for five months. And I just thought, you know what? One day I'm going to do, you know, if you put it in your own hands, that's how, you know, one day, you know, yeah, I'll get, I'll get around to telling my kids about Jesus. I'll get around to telling them about, you know, faith. And I'll get around to telling them about respect. And I'll get around. If you'll just get around to it, I'm telling you what'll happen. It'll sit there for five months and I'll get done. But when we trust, what's that trust? What's that word? We call it in the church world, faith. An eternal potential comes alive. It becomes visible, becomes tangible by this word faith. And it may be the very thing missing, hidden in plain sight in your life. I've never really tapped into faith. I knew about it, but I don't know enough about it. I knew there was something there, but I didn't know there was enough there. Faith, it lets us see the unseen. There it is, 2 Corinthians. Don't believe me, here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by... Okay, you fell asleep on me? Here we go, we're almost done. For we walk by... Not by... There it is. Faith allows me to see the eternal potential. It allows me to see my marriage for what it isn't, but what it could be. It allows me to see my future for what it isn't, but what it could be. It allows me to see my teenager for what she isn't, but what she could be. She's messing around with some stuff. She's involved with some things, and all of a sudden you can get all wrapped up in that and feel like it's, oh, it's hopeless. But when faith is turned on, my eternal potential becomes visible. I can see what God is trying to do in me when I let faith turn on. When I say, God, I'm going to fix my eyes on the unseen. The fa- I, have, I have faith that this is not the end. I have faith that this is not over. That's what the Bible says. We walk by faith, not by sight. Right? Okay. We can, we can, we can be so oblivious to the things 
happening all around us in the supernatural that God is trying to do. But fortunately, faith changes everything. It gives night vision to your soul. I mean, it allows you to see things in the dark. Jesus is like, it's dark in this house. Put the lamp up here. It allows Jesus to see that. He saw that it was dark. Bring it up here. Make it lighter in here so everyone. Faith allows you to see in the darkness of whatever circumstance you're in. Are you in a dark place? Are you in some dark stuff right now? Is your heart in a dark place? Is your marriage in a dark place? Is your finances in a dark place? You may say, yeah, it's in a dark place so much so I can't see the hand in front of my face. It's so dark and dim and I don't know if we're going to get out of this alive or whatever. I don't know if my marriage is going to serve. Listen, here's what I came to tell you. Faith changes things. Faith is the light in the darkness. It brings the invisible and makes it visible. It gives night vision to our soul. It lets me see in the dark. When you look at life, with faith you see potential. That's what these guys do. They look in this dark room and they're like, okay, this house should have been blown up three years ago. And they step in there and they go, I believe this house has value still. I believe the Holy Spirit came here to tell you tonight, you still have value. He's not done with you. He's not done with your future. He's not done with your marriage. He's not done with your kids. He's not done with you yet. He still has eternal potential written on your heart. But faith, that's what makes it turn on. That's what makes it come alive. The truth is, I don't care who you are. I don't care if tonight you're here, you believe anything I've said, whether you believe this book is true, whether you believe in God or not. The truth is every single person in this room has a purpose inside of them. They have a purpose. Well, not me. You know, I grew up in a different background. No, 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 you too. In the words of Thor... You've been burdened with glorious purpose. That's you. Talking about you. You have, a, you have something that God has written from the beginning of time, and it's only yours, and it's designed for you, and it's your purpose to walk into. You have that. It's waiting for you. But I can't see it. I know. But tonight, faith is going to be activated. So you can. I just want, came, came to tell somebody this. Listen, that up. Oh, you want to Thanks. Hear my heart. Whatever you came in here surrounded by, this is faith right here. Whatever you came in here surrounded by, right? These people walk into the homes and they just, they're surrounded by mediocrity. Like, they're, my home's going to be, you know, they just, they just see what they've always seen. My marriage is just it's mediocre. My, my kids are just mediocre. My, my spiritual walk with the Lord is just mediocre. My relationship with God is just, right? Whatever you're surrounded by, can I just give you an encouraging word tonight? Whatever you are surrounded by, know this, God surrounds that thing. So whatever you feel overwhelmed by, the God of this universe is greater than those things and surrounds that thing that is surrounding you. You've got to see that. That's what faith does. It's faith. Faith is not being in denial, what you're dealing with. That's not what faith is. It's just knowing that the same God that walked with Adam, the same God that forgave Adam, the same God that, the same God that walked in the garden with him day after day after day is the same God that's here for you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with. You may be in the middle of a fixer-upper moment where you're just loving. I'm about to list it. I'm about to, I'm about to bail out of this circumstance. Look at my job. I'm going to move to Alaska. Like you're just, you may be at the very end. I'm just here to tell you, whatever surra- you're surrounded by, God surrounds it. My wife and I, I told you, we, we wear glasses. We do. We've been wearing glasses since we were in sixth grade. You know how sometimes we can't see faith? 
You know how sometimes we, we can't, I think, I think even these homeowners, they get nearsighted. You know, nearsighted, me, we're nearsighted, my wife and I. It means we can't see past our leg. I mean, we're like, that's as far as we can see. Take my contacts out, and I'm blind. I'm going to fall off the stage every time. Like, that's just the truth. I'm blind. She's blind. We're just wearing glasses. We're praying our kids will eat carrots and never have to wear glasses. But <laughs> we're nearsighted. We're nearsighted. And I've been nearsighted since I've been in sixth grade. And every year, what do I have to do? I have to go into the doctor, and i got to say, get in that little funny machine on my eyes. And it, one, two, one, two, right? I can't tell the difference. It all looks the same, man. One, one and a half. It's hard. But every year since I've been in sixth grade, i got to go sit at this doctor and he has to change or fix my prescription. Why? Because nearsighted has to be corrected. That's how you fix it. You have to correct it. you gotta, you got to change the perception. And this, you know why some of us, why all we see is because all we see what God is doing is just right in front of us. We can't see the, 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 the long term, the God that says, I want this, you to focus on the stuff that lasts, not the stuff that burns and, and you just get put away. No, why can't we see past five years? Why can't we see past graduation? Why can't we see past this first year of marriage? Because it's the toughest year ever, right? Why can't we see past this? Because some of us have that spiritual nearsightedness. But you know what? Faith corrects those things. Faith says, this is not all. Faith says, this is not the end. Faith says, I can see beyond this. Faith says, there's more. Faith says, God is bigger. Faith begins to correct the nearsightedness that I have in my life. And what I can't see, faith says, I'll show you. I'll show you. So we constantly make that. So how how does faith, how does that work? All right, I'm glad you asked. Okay, it's not going to be on screen, but I want you to write it down. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, just write this down. So then faith comes by Here's that hearing thing we were talking about. Wait, my eyes are attached to my ears. Here it is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Okay, the Word of God. And then we read in Luke chapter 8 when we started this whole message off. It says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen to one another, how you listen to the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing what God has already said about your marriage, about your finances, about your future. It's all written there in plain sight. But we don't want to see. We don't want to read it. Because we don't think it's for us. Or maybe we don't. We can't see it because our nearsightedness. We can't believe it about ourselves. If we don't hear what God says, we won't see what God sees. God sees for you. He doesn't see the the junkie home. He sees the end of the episode. He sees the home that's gorgeous and beautiful. What it could be. God sees our potential. God sees what our marriages can be. The glory that can come from two individuals who love selfishly to one another. God sees when a a young adult says, I'm not going to live selfishly. I'm going to live and give my life to the kingdom. God sees all that potential and he shows it to us in his word that's how we see that's how we see better how do we see better we open our ears and we say god speak to us that's where faith lives faith lives in the hearing of his word according to romans when i hear his words i begin to see what i couldn't see and i'm telling you right now young adults listen all of life all of life is a warring of perspectives all the time All I can see is what's in front of me. All I can see is five years from now. All I can see is three months from now. I can't see the end. Listen, all of life is going to be a warring of perspective. You can either believe what you see or believe what God has already said about you and about your future. You have a choice. You can choose that. Do I see what I'm in now? Do I see that culture is pulling me this way? Do I see that I'm supposed to, you know, I'm, I, I have to go this direction. I have to believe this. Or do I trust in his word? That's where faith comes alive. The very last thing I came to tell you is the last point of this message is simply this. Seeing the invisible, when you begin to see 
I imagine that when your boy walks into the house and he sees this house that's all dilapidated and the homeowners are like, good luck, you know, that he begins to see things that they don't see. He sees the invisible. He goes, there could be a kitchen there. There could be a breakfast nook, whatever that is, right? There could be French doors. There could be, what? he walks in, she walks in, these experts walk in and they begin to see what nobody else saw. That can be you in your own life. You begin to see. Seeing the invisible, guess what happens? You can begin to do the impossible. There have been many of these shows I'm going, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. This house was ugly, fugly. It was really ugly. <laughs> and now it is worth what? How is that possible? Well, because the designer sees the invisible. He sees what the homeowner couldn't see because of hiding in plain sight. What is it in your life that the Holy Spirit's trying to say, listen, 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 let me show you who you can be. Let me show you the, the future that I've already laid out for you, promised to give you a purpose, not to harm you, right? Let me show you. And seeing the invisible, you can do the impossible. What do you mean? That's what Hebrews tells me. Hebrews chapter 11, it's called the Hall of Faith. I mean, it's like if you go uh, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you're going to see all the people who have made Hall of Rock and Roll what it is. Well, here is the Hall of Fame of faith, the guys who flexed the muscle of faith, who showed us what faith is. Here's what they say. In Hebrews, it says this. Verse, chapter 11, verse 33, it says, Who through what? What's the word again? Through faith. What did they do? They conquered kingdoms. That's impossible. Uh-uh. Not when you have faith. Administered justice. Gained what was promised. Shut the mouths of lions. That's not possible. When you have faith, it's possible. Quenched the fury of the flames. Escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned to strength. And who became powerful in battle and routed former, or excuse me, foreign armies. How did they do that? They did it through faith stepped into it and said we don't see it but we do see that we have a God who's a God of armies we see a God who has angel armies we see a God who's able to do exceedingly above anything I could ask or think and so when I begin to see that God when I begin to see the invisible I can do the impossible that's you young adult listen you may say I don't I don't see it in myself then begin to see through God's eyes the eyes of faith and of yourself and then you'll start doing the impossible You'll start, you'll start winning people at your campus. It's not possible, they tell you, to lead people to the Lord on a college campus. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. When you trust that God is the one giving you the words, when you trust that the Holy Spirit is the one working through you, I've seen hundreds of college students come to know Jesus because they had a person who was willing to do the impossible. See the faith. Okay, so what have we learned really quickly? Seeing the invisible, I can do the impossible. I learned that just now. Eternal potential becomes visible by faith. I'm going to make sure I understand what faith is. And looks can be deceiving. You may be looking around going, it's the end. It's over. My house isn't that valuable. My life's not valuable. My future's not that valuable. I already messed up. I already did so many bad things. No one's going to want this anymore. I'm here to tell you, God sees you with eternal potential. He sees you through different eyes. The reality is this. And what we lost in the garden when the enemy said, hey, you're going to have your eyes opened. And then we put our eyes on those things. Oh, our nakedness, our sinfulness, our shame. And that became our identity. 
In that garden, when we lost everything, when we got our blind spot, when our perspective was messed up, it got our eyes off of God and got our eyes on ourselves. The truth is that what was stolen from us in the garden was actually redeemed to us in another garden, in a garden tomb, when Jesus stepped out of the, out of the grave and said, it's finished, I've done this. See yourself the way I see you. Forgiven. Redeemed. Not out, out, not counted out, but with purpose. With purpose. So that's what I came to tell you. Some, there's some aspect of our life that we just need to say, God, I need you to see what I don't see. I don't see it. And all my, my whole life, my parents have told me they don't see it either, so I'm starting to believe it. And my wife is starting to tell me she doesn't see it. And my boss is telling me they don't see it either. Everyone's telling me they don't see it. But your word says, I am more than a conqueror. Your word says, I am a peculiar person, that I'm a child of God. Your word says something different than what I see. Help me. Help me. Help me see your master plan. And that's what God does. He just rolls out the blueprints and goes, let me show you what I intended you to become. You are not what they say. You're what I say. Own that. You are not the product of your circumstances. You were bought with a price. You belong to the master builder. And if the Lord builds it or doesn't build it, you'll labor in vain. You'll go through life trying to fix it up on your own, right? All of us. All of us have tried. We've hung new curtains, spiritually speaking, right? Changed our haircuts. Try to lose some weight. Try to be kind sometimes, right? We've all tried to do the outside change, but God's like, no, no, no. It's the, it's the, it's the invisible. It's the stuff that is your heart. It's your spirit. So tonight, there's the word of God. Now it demands a response from us. What was stolen from us in one garden was redeemed to us in another. You do not have to stay and live in the fixer-upper. You can live at the end of the episode. (laughs) That's what God destined for you. You just have to say, God, open my eyes. Let me see through the eyes of faith. I'm going to ask you to do the exact opposite of what I just said. Would you close your eyes? Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? What do we do this in church? Here's the point. It keeps us from being distracted from everything else going on around us. It just gets our hearts and our minds tuned in. And maybe you're here tonight and you have been listening to all the wrong messages. And for the first time, you hear a heavenly father for the first time you hear a savior calling your name saying I'm not done with you you sense hope well listen the Bible says that all we have to do for faith to truly be ignited is to call upon the name of the Lord say Jesus I put my faith in you and in doing so What we call here at Westover Hills, making new happens. The old goes away and the new shows up. That's what God can do for you all over this place. And this message of being fixer-uppers, we can admit we've done it on our own. We've listened to the wrong messages, but tonight I want to see. 
I want to see my future. I want to see my marriage. I want to see my, I want to see my life the way Jesus sees me. So I'm going to fix my gaze on him. Tonight, if you're here and you're going, you know what? I, I've never, never given my life to Jesus. I've never asked Christ to be the master builder of my heart. If you're here in this room or watching online and you want to do that tonight, just simply say, that's me. I want to acknowledge before God and myself, I need Jesus in my heart. I need Jesus to come in and fix up some things in my broken heart. If that's you, just lift your hands all over this place. Say, that's me. I just need Christ. I see your hands all over the front row, all over the back row even. Listen, this is a safe place. Hands in this section, hands in that section. I see your hands. You can put them down. I'm going to lead you in the Lord. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, excuse me, just asking the Lord to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. You can repeat after me. You can say my words, but at the very basic, what needs to happen is you need to say with your own heart, God, I believe what I'm saying is true. You are who you say you are, and you can do what you say you can do. And we're going to lead, I'm going to lead you in that simple prayer. Here or watching online, we're going to lead you in this simple prayer. Jesus, I recognize today that I have brokenness in my heart. The Bible calls it sin, and it separates me and you. But you sent your son Jesus to take my sin upon himself. He knew no sin. He was perfect. But he took my burden upon himself. He paid my price. And he introduced, God, freedom and salvation to this world. And today I accept the gift of salvation. I put my faith in Jesus. I choose to believe what he says about me, that I'm forgiven. And I put my faith in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus, come into my life. Lead me. Guide me. Take the stuff that's in plain sight. Remove the hidden part and make it plain to me. Let me know, God, where you need me to take the next step. I trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I pray over our people who just said that prayer, God, that you would just encourage them, that they would walk out of this place knowing that they're brand new. And I pray for every marriage that feels like it's at the end. I pray for every relationship with a, a, a young adult student and a parent that just, it's at the end. God, I pray that tonight they would see that the potential, that's not what, they're not destined to the circumstance that they're in, but they can truly see beyond. And they wouldn't throw in the towel, God, but they would put the investment back in you, put the trust back in you, Jesus. And you would walk us through these special moments in our life. Let us see the faith and let us see with the, poten the potential that we have in you, Jesus, I pray. Every person here, every person watching online, in Jesus' name we pray.